they were. And we let them off the hook. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. are growing out. And the only way the roots grow out every single day and they grow stronger and they grow they grow better is if that we all put our we all water. What? Bro, I'm out, man. What it do? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another Monday night edition of Chip and Drip here on the AAT Sports Network. I am Chip at Chip for the Birds, joined by my partner in crime, JD Jamar, aka at DUI underscore O underscore JD from DDRBY underscore net. What's going on? Happy Monday night. You know, you don't have to say that every single time. Like, they know who I am now. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to do the host thing. Like, it's, I get it. I'm, 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 I don't want to throw shade. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying, like, you don't, do they know me now? Oh, they, they know me. I'm gummied up and I'm feeling better. COVID, COVID free, feeling good. Ready to take Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And Maddie, you know, he's COVID free. I'm, I'm, I'm COVID free, you know, just a little bit drained on the energy still, but, you know, we're going to do the thing. We're going to do the thing. I like how everyone just calls you drip. That's exciting. Hello. Clinkies. <laughs> you see what I'm drinking right now? As some OJ. This is God's God God's serum right here. Gave us that's, that's some vitamin that's, C. That's some OJ. And oh, he delivered OJ. them in a white Ford Bronco. <laughs> Dude, you cut off, bro. I'm done. Already. Done. <laughs> uh Adam, what's going on, buddy? Rocking and rolling. Matt, what's happening? We're excited to be here. We're excited to talk some sports. We got a lot of really cool things to talk about tonight. Um, if if JD's done, you know, gagging on his drink over there. You try to make me choke. You messed up. You messed up. I'm eating gummies. Oh, it was a full-on assassination attempt right there. I mean, it was it was it was obvious what was being done. That's all um, good. So yeah, we're you know we're sharing the show out. Make sure you're liking, commenting, subscribing, sharing. Again, Twitter is um, trash, ter- terrible for comments. So comment on YouTube if you're from my Twitterverse. I put the link to the twi- to the YouTube on the Twitter video because uh, yeah, otherwise you don't get to be a part of the show. And of course, Facebook as well. Comments for Jim. Sorry. And I, all right, I've shared it out. We're good to go. Uh, real quick, make sure you're checking out the wonderful sponsors. They are all up in the link to the show. But away we go. Anyway, statement games, fun free twist on fantasy sports. Make sure you're checking it on out. The AAT Sports Network.com shop. Make sure you are buying and supporting us wonderful podcasters. Symbol the stock market for sports. Use the promo code AAT Sports when you sign up. Lots of rain, luxury watches. Use the code AATBirds to check out for 10% off. Funkbrewing.com. Make sure you're checking them out. And of course, Manscaped.com is partnered with AATBirds. Use the code AATBirds for 20% off and free shipping. And check out your balls, Will. Thank you. The next time you do that, I'm adding a synthesizer <laughs> at 10,000 to my voice. I'm just letting you know it. I'm giving you fair warning. You should. You should. Adam is saying mad respect for Big Ben last game of his career. Uh, so far, he's he's balling out. They're up ten nothing. And as we did the the hard work uh, before the show, they are not technically out of the game yet. 
They are not technically out of the playoffs yet. They can do some things um, to still get into the playoffs. So your your Steelers still be alive. Um, and Maddie, if you're on Facebook and getting your comments and you're already good, that's fine. It's for the Twitter people who want to comment but can't. Yeah, you don't need to do anything. We're, we're good. We're good. I hope I sound weird now because you did that whole your balls will thank you. That weird your thing. Your balls will thank you. So real quick on a totally different note, on a totally different note, right? So there is this app that teachers use called Talking Points, okay? Oh, it basically allows me to send a text message to a parent without it going from my phone. Okay. My favorite thing that happens though sometimes is the parents are trying to text their kids or their significant others and they text me instead. Oh, God. That could be so embarrassing. Oh, ready? I'm not going to yes. share the child's name. Okay. So it's child's name. Come brush your teeth and get some water. It is bedtime, little bear. I teach seventh grade. I teach seventh grade. If you don't think I'm calling this child little bear for the rest of the year. Oh, my God. That's bullying. You can't do that now. <laughs> this is her teacher, Mr. Keggy. I will make sure to brush and floss, though. <laughs> so we're going to see what happens from here on at that point. Yeah, I don't know. They're seventh graders and they're calling their child Little Bear, Maddie. I, I understand. But, you know, away we move. Um, but Matt would like us to talk sports. Let's Matt would like us to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the fact that they are in the playoffs. 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 I am going to be one of the first people to say, look, I at, at two and five, I wasn't sure about this team, knowing that they had the easy part of their schedule in front of them. But again, it, it, it looked bleak, and it took the bullying of an entire fan base for the Philadelphia Eagles to change what they were doing and realize that running the ball is the way to go. And alas, playoffs. So this this segment, I'm going to be very quiet because I said that the Eagles would probably win 10 or 11 games this season. You did. And now, and now I look like the smartest person in the world. You did, because I had them at 7-10. and 10. I had them at 7-10. and 10. I had them on a complete rebuild of a year, which, again, is reasonable. Is they reasonable the knowing what they had. They play in the NFC East. Anything is possible. Remember that they do play in the uh, NFC East, but they were coming off of a four-win season. Four wins is still four wins. It was clear that they had a quarterback that was made out of porcelain last year. Come on, man. Yes, they did. And you know what? He, he has done okay in Indianapolis. Now, mind you, they're booing the pants off of them right now, but they also have the best running back in football and maybe the NFL MVP on their team. They don't need him to do too much. Listen, but that's not what everybody said. Philly I know it is. Philly, we needed a quarterback that could do some things, and Jalen Hurts can do some things. Does he have some things he can work on yet? But he's basically a Absolutely. And uh, the, the, the sky's the limit. And by the way, let's just throw this out there. How many people in the comments thought that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs? The non-Eagle uh -huh. fans said that they were going to make the playoffs. Not any of you guys. That's all I'm saying. Adam, Adam, we're going to be talking about college sports in a couple minutes, brother man. Don't you oh, worry. Don't you worry. 
I have Adam is Adam is one of our great college writers and podcasters. He does a lot of great things for us. I've been on Adam's college football podcast myself. Oh, we got a link. We got a link, Adam. You know that's my jam. You know that's yeah. my jam. We got a link. Hey, but yeah, I you, you did Matt had him at four wins. You What's had that? Him at four wins, Matt. Matt had him at four wins. I had him at seven. But here they are sitting at nine wins. I, I do not think that they're going to win this weekend. And I'm okay with that. They've already made the playoffs. They've done what they need to do. But if we're talking, yeah, Johnny's saying seven wins is right protection. That was before you knew we would be playing multiple backups, Thursday quarterbacks, COVID. Yeah, all of those things. You can't argue with who is on your schedule. You just didn't know what was in front of you. But I will say this, and I'm going to say that I'm going to say this but I actually already said this. Oh God. So when you talk about the eye test, right? If you look at it logically, it's going to be, how does he command the team? Does he control the offense? Is he a leader by example? Does he make smart choices? Does he get better from week one to the end of the year? Does he get better with this new coaching staff? Is the offense built around him to be successful? Eight months ago, eight months ago, I said, this is what we need to see from Jalen Hurts. Eight months ago, I said, we needed to see a team, a team player who got better, who worked hard, who made smart decisions with the football, which if you look at his touchdowns to interceptions ratio, he makes smart decisions with the football. Yes, there are things that he needs to work on, but there has, he is now a playoff quarterback. He is a Pro Bowl alternate quarterback. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that can be said on why he would not be the quarterback in 2022. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Oh, you're agreeing. I I not only agree with you, but I don't know why he isn't the long-term option. Because at the end of the day, why would you go shopping for something you already have? You have a a suitable backup in Minshew, if you can keep him, you know, on the hook. And on top of it, you didn't pay very much for him. The highest paid uh-huh. player on the Eagles team doesn't even play for the damn Eagles anymore. True. Carson Wentz. He's the highest paid Eagle right now in this particular year. And why, why are we going out looking for somebody else? And I'm going to say we because I've been pulling for these guys all year. At this point, I'm I know you have. So, listen. Why are you guys? Why are we looking for somebody else? Like we're always looking for the next. The next. Well, girl. so and, and Johnny makes a really good point here. He says because the team is 26th in passing. And that has to go entirely on the quarterback, right? No. Look how many drops they've had. He was he was he was 14 for 19 last week with four drops. He if those guys don't miss those balls, though he's he's 18 for 19. Uh-huh. He's damn near perfect. Listen, a lot of he sometimes he underthrows these guys. But name yes, a guy in the NFL. He's got things to work on. But name a guy in the NFL right now that's not underthrowing anybody. I watched Patrick Mahomes the other day underthrow Tyreek Hill so badly it was almost an interception. So let's I mean, just be a- but but remember, Kellen Mond is better. <laughs> Kellen Mond is better. And they talked to Mike Zimmer last night. Hey, you're gonna see Kellen Mond this week? No. Why not? I see him every day. Let me tell you something about Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond is a damn he is what we call a choke artist. He's been in big games and he's choked multiple times. I watched him all through college. You know, they he was supposed to be the guy, and he's he's never been the guy. Like, I hate these guys that say, oh, well, college doesn't matter. College does matter. Uh, like, hell it does. College matters. 
like college matters. I'm 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 not gonna explain it to you why college matters, but it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah Johnny, I, I agree. I mean, statistics are what statistics are. I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, the idea that the Seahawks had the most drops as of last week, eight drops to 17, add nine completion to Hertz. He goes from 27th in completion, like 24th. Agreed. But I'm in this season, my bar for him was does he make smart choices? Does he get better from week one to the end of the year, which he did as a decision maker, as being more comfortable in the pocket, um, as making smart choices, not necessarily the right reads because we know that he's got to improve on that, but it's his first year in a system. Right. No, no, Johnny, this is what we do here. We have that conversation. You've been on my show before. You know that it's a conversation. It's, it's nothing but love. I think that if you look at what Jalen Hurts has done, his body of work this season, he is a pro bowl alternate. He is a playoff quarterback and I trust the guy. I trust the guy in the playoffs. I don't. I don't trust him that the moment is going to be too big for him, like I did with the last guy. And now we never Who got was to the see last it. Pro Bowl quarterback of the Eagles. Was, uh, was it Vic? Maybe was Carson Wentz, but he would have. I don't know. Would he? He would have to play in the, the after season time, right? To play in the Pro Bowl. To actually go, yeah. Yeah. So that's probably never happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would want to go ahead and say that he's. It hasn't been one since probably Michael Vick. If if Michael right. Vick was even the guy, right? And I, I the week to week, I'm saying from week one to now, he's gotten better. Carson was elected the Pro Bowl. Thank you, Matt. Um, but yes, but I look at he's everything else. You know, even even something as dumb as when he almost got taken out by the Washington Football Stadium. That's the- quick sidestep, quick sidestep, and then all of a sudden he's helping people up. He is a team player. Furthermore, that did not shake him. Like let's just throw it. It out didn't there. shake like, him. It, that just- I mean, look, I went on a right. I I blew an artery last night trying to explain my feelings on that topic. Um, like the with the, the the stadium falling down, or he's just having no emotion towards it. No, with the stadium a- falling down. With the stadium oh, yeah. falling down. I mean, end of the day, for real, for real, like we know that Washington is a shit, show. <laughs> like a hundred percent. Like their stadiums are shit. Like the team, they're fighting each other. They got all kind of shit going on. Their management and ownership is trash. Like Washington should be ashamed of themselves for even calling themselves a football team. They should just and be watching everything be- and everything that has come out since then has been terrible for Washington. Absolutely terrible. Uh, between the security guards, like throwing these guys back in the stands. Oh, well, we'll make sure that they get the the help that they need. No, they didn't. They did not make sure that they got the help they need. In fact, they did the exact opposite. Oh, God. People are killing me. He said Washington doesn't even have a name. They don't, man. Since this whole thing started with them in the name and then going back and looking into the, the, um, the management of the team and the way they've been treating their employees and all that stuff and treating women, why does it surprise you that their stadium's falling apart? Like these are all representations of the type of shit show. They should make them sell. They should make Snyder sell. Is this it's not, Snyder's the guy, right? Dan, Dan Snyder, Snyder, yeah. Yeah, Dan Snyder should be made at the end of the year to sell the team. I'm sorry if you're a Washington football team. There's a plenty of other teams that you can, um, you know, that that you can pull for. There's another a bunch of other teams. If you want to come across the river to the Eagles, whatever. If you want to go to Steelers, it's fine. Either one, I'm good with. 
but just find another team to pull for. These guys are a right. complete shit. And the, and the team said that, and I'm reading now on ESPN, I've got it opened over here. The team said that the EMS offered help within five minutes. That's just not true. Um, you know, they you have guys getting x-rays, messed up necks, hands are messed up. Um, the exact words that the Washington football staff said to us was get the F back up, get off the effing field. Like, come on now. The name it is ridiculous. And what Johnny's saying here is the name change and that railing collapsing will finally get them a new stadium. The Army Navy game, when all there was the drama there, got the link for the Eagles. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, that's all viable stuff, but I'm saying like the Eagles franchise wasn't in disarray completely. They should be made to sell the franchise. There's a bunch of other teams out here who can have right. have a bit they have a better management team and everything. We could possibly get some people together. You want to get some money together, Chip? I'll get some money together. We find a multi-million billionaire and like help us fund it. We'll start our own thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let me let me get right on that. Okay. Um but I mean, and look at like everything that's gone wrong in Washington this year. We we haven't even talked, we haven't even talked about the physical football team yet. Nope. Right. We haven't even talked about the physical football team yet. But you have the drainage issues, the player benches where they forgot to bring in the wrong benches, the barriers falling down, the shit literally raining from the ceilings. The field is a mess. I mean, someone is going to get hurt, and yet there's Dan Snyder with his thousands and thousands and thousands of emails and all that came out of them, Matt, that's great. That's, no, that's no, the no, new no. team name. This is, that is actually disgracing my name. I do not want to be you, a part drips. of you, Drips. You're the top drip. No, but I don't want to be associated with these guys. At all. I, I agree. You know, but look, again, Dan Snyder, his thousands and thousands of emails, the only thing that came out of it was John Gruden got fired. Listen, that was the only thing that came out of it. And then you talk about the physical team, right? The physical team, which is fighting on the sideline. It's getting blown out two weeks in a row. Now, look, they, they, they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Did they have you in the first half though? They did because the one big complaint that I have about Nick Sirianni right now is he is getting out coached Monday through Saturday. That's not true. How do you figure? Because if Monday, you don't know how a team is going to come out in the first half. Like, film doesn't always tell the story. That's the, like, when I play ball, like, you can watch as much mm-hmm. film as you want to watch on a person. That does not necessarily mean they're going to come out with that particular thing. People show you what they want you to see. It doesn't sure. necessarily mean when you line up behind the tackles, behind the center, that's what they're going to do. Washington played a very smart game effort, but they can only play that game for so long because the Eagles are still bruising them. Like, it still matters. They don't have continuity on the defense. They just got into a fight last week. Like, you think they're going to be able to withstand? I hear you, but by week 17, there is enough film. There are enough angles where you know what they're going to do. If that was the case, Chip, then nobody would ever play good in the first half and shitty in the second half. But some, some teams, some teams make adjustments, and some teams come out prepared. The Philadelphia Eagles have still yet to play a four-quarter football game. I don't think that really exists for most teams. I think there's some teams that play a four-quarter for a four-quarter game, but those are the elite teams. We already know that the Eagles aren't elite. And we know the Eagles aren't. So that's what I'm saying. Though My big dig on the Eagles right now 
is that they are still not coming out prepared. And when they go against now, it's nothing but playoff teams the rest of the way. And yes, we're getting the, the knockoff bougie brand version of the Cowboys next week, probably with our knockoff bougie brand version of the Eagles. So it's going to be a bad football game on Saturday night. We know all of that, but Minshew mania after that, after that, if they come out unprepared, if they come out unprepared, then they're going to get blown out. Look at you that cannot hair. spot the Dallas Cowboys 20 points. Look at that hair. Yeah. So let's talk Minshew Mania real quick. One thing that we did not talk about last week. We did not His talk about hair. this last week. His chesticles. Yes. Last week, a story broke that oh after the Jets God. game, Gardner Minshew walks into Nick Sirianni's office and says, Hey there, coach. Listen, I would really like to be the starting quarterback of this this year football team. I don't think he's what do I got to do? He looks like he sounds like that. He looks like he sounds like that. Technically, it's racist. It's race ish. Um, Yeah. What do I got to do to be? What do I got to be doing to be a quarterback of this football team? And Sirianni says, "Get the fuck out of here. You're not the quarterback." I'm paraphrasing, of course. He's. He probably said, "You're going to do what you've been doing the last couple years and being the career backup." And Brank yeah. coming in and getting everybody riled up and building morale. And Get yourself just, back into the flower pot, sir. Get yourself back into the flower pot, sir. It's just with him, he's like, he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, it's just, I, I feel kind of bad for him. But at the same time, like, what has he, I mean, other than just giving you shock value, what does Minshew really give you? I mean, I, I think as of right now, he throws a better ball. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he involves more players in the passing game. Except he right? didn't throw Devontae Smith at all. He didn't because Devontae and and Jalen Hurts, that's that's their guy. But you look at Jalen Hurts, he's still not going to break 1,000 yards. What, passing? Yeah, Devontae Smith is not breaking 1,000 yards. I mean, it is what it is. I he mean, would need like 160 yards this week. I mean, it could happen. Well, if he's not, he's not playing, but. He's not going to play this week, and I'm okay with that too. 800 is, 840 is good enough for me. Like, what is it? What is oh it yeah, for sure. You know? I rather he he also would hurt Devontae Smith. He probably would have got it because in two games they took 40, 30, 40 or fifty yard receptions away from him because he stepped out of bounds because he got jammed out of bounds. So, but then he learned what to do. See, the whole team got better with the exception of Alex Singleton in coverage or uh, Jay Joe. Or J-Jaw. Or the ultimate, I'm a part of this group and I'll take the group grade. Jalen Rager. Jalen played good My, in, in the last couple games. Yep. So we're back to being the chip show. Because uh, that... Are you... <laughs> come on now. Come played, on, son. He played decent in the last couple games. I'm serious. Stop. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Go to those. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Let's go. Balotero says, bring A B to the birds. Well, currently he's real close. He's in New York. I'd rather do this to myself, Chip. Um, yeah, no. Antonio Brown is not a Philadelphia Eagle. Antonio Brown has a busy first off, Antonio Brown. You're you're a, a Steelers fan. I am an Eagles fan. Antonio Brown 
will never play another snap in the NFL. Uh, God, I hope so. Oh, he will. You I don't, you I don't said he. You want him to. I hope that he never plays another football Got game it. in the NFL. Pal Terrace says replace Jalen Rager. Look, obviously, why? why? Obvious because I mean, obviously, Antonio Brown is better than Jalen Rager. I get that, but again, why bring that drama in? Why bring that drama in? You are talking about a guy who got hit so hard. Who got hit so hard that he has actually lost all semblance of brain cells. You know, yesterday it was, yesterday it was go back in the game. No, I'm hurt. Go back in the game or you're off the team. Fine. Screw you. I'm off the team. So I don't know who it's really, it's going to, I mean, it's going to, it's going to turn into a little bit of he said, she said with that question. Real quick question. Yeah. Antonio Brown could not play with the GOAT. Oh, uh, just well enough to make it to the end of the season. He couldn't play with Big Ben. Do you think he can play with Hurts? Because Hurts is a young. He 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 just got command of a team. Like, why would you throw him into that mix with a sociopath? Like, I just I don't have very much confidence that that you know that a tiger can change his stripes, so to speak. He's been different places and he's done the same crap. I I mean, at the end of the day, he could be as talented as he wants. If you look at the laundry list of things that have gone wrong with him since that hit, I mean, it's, it's very evident. You are looking at a guy who is suffering from major mental head damage. And it's sad. Yeah. I mean, Adam has a comment down here. Who is a, is who is a worst head case? Terrell Owens or Antonio Brown. And I think it's Antonio Brown. I agree. Cause T.O. was just a straight up diva. Yeah, he just he just uh what's the uh, what's the word that we they use a lot? Um prima donna. Prima donna, that's it. Prima donna. He just he wanted it all about him and you know he and it was he and he and he but he backed it up, but he backed it up. Antonio Brown, while he was backing it up, it was different. And look, Owens never quit. Yeah, I mean he got fired from a team, he got sent to go do crunches in his garage. He could probably still but play again, right now, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, he's he's better than um, Greg Ward. He's better than Jay Jaw. He's better than Jalen Rager right now. No, Adam, and an Antonio Brown apology in his driveway doing sit-ups coming soon. No, no, it is not. No, it is not. But what is coming soon, yeah, but what is coming soon is my buddy Johnny Yu coming on to the Chips and Dish show. Chip and Drip show. I apologize. I'm oh, still on the He just I know. That was terrible. Oh, you know what it was? It was the fact that you said the whole the the, the Antonio Brown thing. Now, just just I'm getting kicked we, off we the show already. It's only been like three nah. or four well, episodes, and I'm like, well, the, the the one thing is, you do make me want to have an Oreo cookie right now. Oh, because of the shirt. Yeah, I love this thing. My wife got it for me. Thanks. I like I it. Thanks. It's nice. Silk. It's, it feels it's silky. Silk. Ooh. I didn't buy it. My wife so Johnny. So yeah. Johnny, the man, the myth, the legend, up in here. Antonio Brown to the Eagles. I will. I know where you live. I will drive there. I will come <laughs> and I will cold clock you so hard in the face that'll knock you into next week. Actually, I probably won't I don't your want you here. Your house isn't infested with COVID, so I don't. I don't want to walk step foot. I'll have you no, come outside. Our uh, fun is contagious. <laughs> but, but no, don't don't say that again, uh, because there's people that have said that 
that don't know what they're talking about. So we don't want that to be said on here. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, but that, and that's, and that's my point. The only thing that can come out of Antonio Brown going to any other team at this point is more drama. Yeah, he's, 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 he's done. He, he is done. He needs serious help. And hopefully he finds it because that's basically what it's come down to. And you're talking about coaches, by the way, that are legitimately great coaches. You know, when he, Tomlin was there with him, Tomlin was in the, the, his peak coaching ability. Right? When yeah. he, then he went to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. Then Bruce Arians, you know, and I'm not even, I'm not even including the stop in Oakland. Yo, can we, can we be yep. real about it? Can, can we be real I, about this? Johnny's best friend said, "Ab to Philly." All right. Well, yeah. And then you, you know, you made yep. sure to to talk to Nora because that's not an appropriate thing to say. And you know, we moved on from there. Um, can we, and you, can we, can we and, be honest, about and you filled her head with some other things that you need to be said. Right? Exactly. Um, can we can we be honest about this whole Steelers part of this? Yeah. The Steelers have been better off without AB. And because and since then, you know, Claypool's emerged. They've had the Deontay, Juju. John, Juju Juju's track. He he even poisoned Juju before he left. He was even able to poison the well for Juju and had Juju out there dancing. And now Juju's poisoned Claypool and got him doing first down before he's even costing us the game. It's just <laughs> Listen, it's been a slippery slope since AB left. I have very bad feelings and very bad emotions about Antonio Brown, and I hope I never see him in the streets. Because if I did, I would, I would say he's got a gun and have him detained. And oh, yeah, oh that's how I feel. Oh, that I mean, look, I feel bad for the guy. I legitimately feel bad for the guy because. He's got a lot of shit going on, and it's it's sad. It's sad that it's gotten to this point, but at the same time, if he if you don't go out and get the mental help you need, I mean, you look at some of the great ones who have ended up either killing themselves or doing terrible things to themselves because of these head injuries, right? If a guy like Junior Seau yeah. isn't on this planet anymore because of these head injuries, we know football is a dangerous sport. You got to take care of yourself. It's a cautionary tale, but like... Who's I mean, they've already tried to help Antonio Brown. Like many of people have tried to get him help. He he lived with with Tom Brady, the guru of self care. Like he's he's I'm pretty sure he freezes himself every night from eleven o'clock p.m. to six o'clock a.m. and then he defrosts for like two and a half hours. I think <laughs> cryogenically freezing. The, the the best phrase that you can kind of talk about when you you're talking about a person is the only person that can fix somebody is yourself you can only fix yourself so you can try and give the help all you can all you want but if the person isn't willing to to take the help or to realize he needs help there's unfortunately there's really nothing else you can do true i don't think okay Antonio Brown play another game in the nfl period i agree but let's let's talk about people who did play a ton of games in the nfl right okay. so the hall of fame finalists came mm -hmm. out this past week. Okay. I want to talk about them. And that's why I brought Johnny on. Cause I figured Johnny would have a very unique take on this. Um, I want to have a conversation. Yeah. Adam's right. I mean, this is bigger than football. 
That's that's what it comes down to. This is bigger than the next place that he's going to play. So he's not going to play here. Yeah, that's 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 kind of my point. So here we go. This is the finalist list. Okay, for the NFL Hall of Fame. Now, typically, what do they pick about six, right? Uh, well, I know there's three like senior finalists, so I think only five are going to get in this class. I think it's five, and then uh, the three finalists. I think eight total. If I'm, mm. if I'm not mistaken, that's what I, from I this list, only about five of these guys are going to get in. Yeah. That's All right. Well, it's not like the baseball hall of fame. They actually do put some people in, um, which is ever so nice. So looking at this list, right? Looking at this list, you have Jared, for those of you who struggle to read, you have Jared Allen. You have Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Devin Hester. Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Bryant Young. Mm. Looking at this list, mm. who was an automatic cross-off for you? Sam Mills. Okay. Uh, Bryant Young. Okay. And then- I mean, I look at this list, I don't know, I don't, I... Patrick Willis was a really good linebacker. Patrick Willis, um, one of the best linebackers. He retired early to retire early. I was know, it, but if you look, at, if you look at this list and you see Zach Thomas on the same list, I mean, it's night and listen, day different. Listen, people, and I had this argument, and I wanted to bring this up. And Already, we're bringing up arguments. Go ahead. I don't care because I had this, <laughs> I had this argument with with somebody talking about Zach Thomas, and I said, you know, Seth Joyner had better numbers than Zach Thomas, and he goes. Yeah, but Zach Thomas didn't play with anybody. And it was just him. And I said, first off, he played with a Hall of Fame defensive end in Jason Taylor. He played with a hell of a defensive end in Adewale Agunlie. He played with Patrick Sertan, yep. senior. senior. He played, yeah. He played with uh, Terrell Buckley, who was a pretty good corner in, in his own right. Brock Marion, who was a multi-pro bowler at safety. And he also played with another corner that's Sam Madison, who was also a multi-pro bowler. And I said that, and he goes, yeah, but he didn't play with anybody. So and he, and he wanted to make to say that the only reason Seth Joyner was any good, and I'm going to bring this up because I've said Seth Joyner belonged, at least belongs in the conversation. Okay? Right. And he said that Seth Joyner was only good because he played with Reggie White and Clyde Simmons and Jerome Brown and Wes Hopkins and Eric Allen. And I said, that it makes absolutely no sense. If you're a good football player, you're a good football player. It doesn't matter who you play with. And Seth Joyner, if you look at his numbers, I think 52 career sacks, and he, I think he had 34, 37 interceptions. You know, he had a hell of a career for a linebacker in that day and age that, you know, the numbers he put up, I, to me, yeah, that, that's Zach, just, that's Zach, a, that's Zach Thomas is a great player. Don't get me wrong. Zach Thomas is a very good player. But when someone makes a baseless claim and says that he didn't play with anybody, then you're not really watching football. And you're not really understanding who the players that these other players are actually playing with. If you're going to make a bold statement like that, but not be able to back it up. And that's my only take on that. I'll, I'll digress and we can, you know, talk about it. All right. All right. So the comments are already rolling in. Um, people are definitely hating on Rondé Barber. Uh, I agree. He, he ruined, ruined us as Eagles fans. Um, the Adams are disagreeing. Adam Mack saying that Devin Hester should be there. But wow. then Adam saying that Devin Hester, when I said who should be crossed off the list, Adam is saying Devin Hester should be crossed off the list. 
So we got some amazing, we got some things to discuss here. Returning. Amazing. So I'm going to tell you what I have always judged the Hall of Fame. Do you, and this is baseball, basketball, it doesn't matter. Did you, in your position, either revolutionize a part of the position or a part of the game? Yes, Devin Hester definitely did that. Devin Hester is a surefire Hall of Famer. They couldn't even kick to the dude. People used to take penalties. So they they didn't have to kick to Devin Hester at one point. You mean you change things? You change where you were kicking it from. The NFL changed rules so that there would be less returns. They didn't do that because of Devin Hester. Did it because of I him. understand that, but it was at the same time, and he would still return the ball for touchdowns. But still, you're insinuating they changed it because he returned kicks. They returned. It, they changed it because of the head injuries. Well, you I had mean, to have a head injury to kick to him. Like they saying. kick. People would kick, like, literally, I watched the game. They played the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers kicked it out of bounds three times in one game, took the penalty just so Devin Hester couldn't score. They were yeah, doing things now, like Devin handing it back to him like a reverse just so he could get the balls in his hand. Like it's, right it's now, crazy. mind you, every other part of his game is track. not Hall of Fame worthy. I was trapped. So I can, I can understand the argument. You, um, can, you could say that. Wow, I like that, Johnny. Johnny Higgins. But, but how about... You talk about re- revolutionary players. Uh, Matthew Slater is a hell of a special team gunner, and he does absolutely everything and makes a Pro Bowl every single year for being one of the best special teams players ever. Him and Steve Tasker, if you want to kind of you know lump. Listen, two guys Ike in. Reese made the NFC Pro Bowl team how many times? I think it was twice. But as just the Pro Bowl player, right? You I'm know, just saying, Matthew John Dornbos. If you're if you're going if you're going specifically special teams. You're opening the box. I'm just filling it with with shit. So all I'm saying shit. is, my question is, who out? Who named the top returners that ever played? Was Dion Dion one of them? Dion's one of them. Brian Mitchell, Eric Metcalf. Brian Mitchell. You had Deshaun Eric, Jackson when he would break one. Eric Metcalf. You may not remember Eric Metcalf. He was definitely mm-hmm. one. Um, you can you can call Dion Sanders. Dion Sanders was basically he got a lot of you know interceptions and for touchdowns. He didn't. Returned a couple there. Uh, of course, Devin Hester. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a ton of guys. You know, Andre Roberts, I would say right now in today's day and age football. Oh, good one, Johnny. So, um, yep. Rocket Ishmael. Robert wow, Ishmael. great definitely one. Good. Definitely a good one there. But there isn't a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Brian Mitchell would be the only one, in my opinion, because he had 13 career uh, uh, return touchdowns. So I know Devin Hester had 19, I believe. So mm-hmm. six more than Brian Mitchell. But uh all right. So okay. again, give me your top. We'll go top three so we don't repeat too much. JD, give me your top three. Tory Ho, mm-hmm. Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. And this is my own part because I love offense. Uh Reggie Wayne. I'm just gonna throw mm-hmm. it out there. That's just my three. It's the low. I so you're just putting low. three. You're just putting three wide receivers right in the hall. It's it's probably because I take the low hanging fruit. It's gonna be. <laughs> go ahead, Chip. You can do yours. Go so, Tony Baselli is the one for me. Okay. You're talking about a guy now. Now here's a guy who brought the Jacksonville Jaguars to some seriously great victories early on in their franchise. By solidifying that left tackle position. He was the prototypical left tackle. Great footwork, great body size. Tony Baselli is a Hall of Famer. 
Um, Demarcus Ware. I hate that he's a cowboy. That's why I, I hate that he's a cowboy. I hate that he's a cowboy. But Demarcus Ware is a Hall of Famer. And the fact that he is now working with the defensive player of the year, not rookie of the year, defensive player of the year in Micah Parsons, I have to give it to Demarcus Ware. And then my third one, I mean, Reggie Wayne. It, I mean, Reggie Wayne benefited from playing a large portion of his career with Peyton Manning, but he still put up ridiculous numbers. Absolutely ridiculous numbers. Didn't he play at Marvin Harrison too on the other yeah. side? He did. Yeah, I mean, Reggie Wayne still put up that exceptional level of numbers. So for me, if I'm only picking three, it's DeMarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, and Tony Baselli. Johnny. I got a, Johnny, after this, I got a question for you, so keep it up. Okay. So the whole to, the, the Tony Baselli thing really, to me, it's a Hall of Fame career. His career only lasted, I think it was six years. To me, Willie Anderson, if you're going to talk about Tony Baselli, Willie Anderson had a longer career, uh, just about, you know, I think he had four Pro Bowl, four Pro Bowls, three All-Pro selections. He was this, He was the solidifying of that right tackle position. And he was a guy that kind of made people realize right tackle is a prominent position that you have to invest in because he was the right tackle of the Cincinnati Bengals, which uh, I know, J.D., you'll know being a Steelers fan, you know, how to go up against that player. And, of course, they were terrible Bengal teams. Um, but They had a good offensive yeah, line, though. They did have a good offensive line. He was he, he was protecting um, Scott Mitchell's blind side. So, you know, uh, I'll throw that reference in there. But, no, you – for me, I look at this and I go, Andre Johnson, absolutely. Um, honestly, I think Andre Johnson had a better career than Torrey Holt and Reggie he Wayne. He, he had to do it by himself. Yeah. He, he had a car thrown to him. Yeah. So mm -hmm, there you go. And, and a shot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, not very good quarterbacks, but he made the most out of his situation there. He was a hell of a talent. Um, but I would go him. I'd go Patrick Willis. I love Patrick Willis. My thought of Patrick Willis is not even in the NFL. It's in college where he wore the huge club on his I knew right you were going to say that. I knew you yeah. were going to say that. I, I love that. I love that kind of, you know, that kind of player. I love that kind of linebacker style. So uh, those two guys. And then my third guy, I probably – I'm going to go with DeMarcus Ware just because he's absolutely hell of a talent. And, you know, look at his numbers. It's just, you know, for me, it's just – He's I mean, it, it hurt my feelings how good he was. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I'm looking at this list. This list is really solid this year. This list, this list is really, really solid this year. You know, Jared Allen, he had a couple of seasons where he was really good. Really good, excuse me. Um, I'm just looking at, well, we only looked at top three, Adam. Adam, we, we only looked at top three. I, if we go four and five, I'm going to go Devin Hester. Don't worry. We all kind of agree that Devin Hester belongs in there. Yeah, he, he's um, be I looked up stats. Johnny, you have convinced me from Baselli to Anderson because Baselli played seven seasons, gave up 15 sacks in seven seasons. Willie Anderson in 13 seasons only gave up 16 sacks and went two straight years without allowing a sack. So I have now replaced Tony Baselli with Willie Anderson. I have I concede the point, sir. Mm. Um Rondé Barber can kiss my ass 
Eric Allen's numbers, I think, are better. I know Barbara has more sacks, but Eric Allen has more. Eric Allen teams. should be a Hall of Famer, and that's me, the homer in me 100%. So, uh, to me, that's that's just what I think. I think Eric Allen deserves to be a Hall of Famer. If you look at numbers, you look at everything that he did, he deserves to be a Hall of yeah. Famer. And, again, I'm going to say this, and it's if people are going to give they, – they did it with Terrell Davis – and if they may do it with Tony Baselli, a guy with a short career that gets either his careers cut short because of injury or what's or whatsoever, whatever, and say he's a Hall of Famer because he had a Hall of Fame career, he was a Hall of Fame player. What about a guy like Jerome Brown, two-time Pro Bowler, two-time mm-hmm. All-Pro, twenty-nine sacks? Now he only played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, five years in the league. He died at age twenty-six. So yeah, there's. I know it's never going to happen, but. That's just my input on that. If you're going to have guys with short careers and say that they were a Hall of Famer, even though they played five, six years in the league, Terrell Davis may be a little bit different just because he was an MVP. He's two-time Super Bowl winner. That's a little bit different. But a guy like Tony Baselli, yeah, he was a great player. The Hall of Very Good doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. You know, and that's and that's if you want to get into that rabbit hole, I mean, you can have a list of guys that played short in careers and whether or not they belong in the Hall of Fame. So, like, Luke Keekley Is Luke Keekley going to be a Hall of Famer? Maybe is better, Andrew Luck maybe, is Andrew maybe, Luck a Hall of Famer? Maybe the thing is they'll probably get in, but it won't be until the Veterans Committee. It won't be years and years after they're no longer able to be a finalist and like a Harold Carmichael type. Now Harold, it's a different story, but I mean, there's guys who've gotten in to be a Hall of Famer, but it's just taken 15, 20 years, 25 years because they didn't get in with this official stuff. They waited for the the Veterans Committee to vote them right. in. So that could be right. possibly the only reason, in my opinion, that I would see a, B- a Baselli getting in. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I agree totally. Um, but JD, anything else on the hall? JD oh yes, JD, you did have a question. I apologize. Uh, so okay, so we're talking we're talking Hall of Fame, and we see a lot of guys that aren't in the Hall of Fame, and we know that there's the time restriction and all that stuff. For a lot of people now who may not remember, I remember Torrey Holt being a, a beast and a monster yep. with with um with the Rams. And, and I just want to make sure I got it right. Do do I saw something in the, the other day about Reggie Wayne and possibly Marvin Harrison being one of the best two receiver tandems. Outside of them, Johnny, who do you have as a two punch wide receiver, possibly Hall of Fame wide receiver? Right receiver tandem. And ask questions for you too, Chip. That's a good question. I got to think a little bit. I mean, Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt were pretty damn solid together. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Ooh, that's a tough one. I, I can't – can I pick uh, the uh, the James Thrash, Todd Pinkston? Come, yeah, that'd be- you can. You no, can. I'm so I can kick you off the show. Yeah, definitely, you know, kick, definitely pick those. I think, I think one low-key type of – Two players that were really solid that I think a lot of people don't think about is Donald Driver and Greg Jennings. Or yeah. Green Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not saying that they were the best, but I think it's a low key. Even even one early, you know, you may remember this, the Heinz Ward Plexico Burris. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was literally I was gonna say was that as that. I'm watching uh the Steelers botch a fumble. Um yes, that's but, what we did. The Rice Taylor ones is is pretty. What solid. about Rice Owens? Rice Owens, I think, is better than Rice Taylor. Definitely, I see you there. Moss and Carter. Yes, Ooh, yeah, that that's is, the one. That is, that that's the one. Game, Point. game time. Blouses. 
Chris wow. Carter and Randy Moss being on the same team, making Dante Culpepper and who Randall is the Cunningham. Third, who is the third and fourth receiver? Can you name them? Don't have don't to. Give a, don't give Come a on. shit. Jake Reed and I know, Matthew um, Jake Reed I have never Hatchett. thought about them ever in my life. Ever. I only know because Madden. I used to play with them. Oh, you know, on Madden, I, right? Yeah. Exactly on Madden, you'd have those guys, and you play all the, you know, you put the the four or five wide receiver sets, and everyone's getting double covered. Oh, who was that Vikings running back? Do you was, remember um, Craig, Robert, right? Robert Smith, Ohio State. Yeah, Robert, Robert Smith. Smith. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Yancey Thigpen? Ooh, Yancey Thigpen. Yeah, he went to the, the Titans then. Yeah, played but he with, played, I'm pretty sure he played he, for the Steelers. At he first. started with the Steelers, then went to the Titans because he played with Kevin Dyson and Derek Mason. Yes, and that's another one. That's why I was gonna throw that one out there. They also yeah. had a good one, a good team in the uh with the Titans. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean there's some tandems, but that but so, they have said that, I, that the Reggie Wayne Marvin Harrison was one of the most potent. I, I think yeah. another, I think another thing that we have to do is we have to have a you know talking about a, a show about talking about the greatest defenses in NFL history because mm-hmm. I have a little spin on why I think the Eagles 91 defense should be me, I think they're possibly top two. And a lot of people say there's no way they didn't make the playoffs and all this kind of stuff and how the Raven, they always say the Ravens and the Bears and and mm-hmm. I did a Steelers. whole type of and the, the Steelers. Steelers. Exactly. I wrote I did a whole thing on top defenses and I have them on like 15 index cards. I wrote down all stats, the offenses they played, the quarterbacks they played, how many Pro Bowls, Super Bowls, the quarterbacks. Why did they you do that? Because I have no time. So uh, well, that, at that point, I had no time, so I still saved. Yeah, you're about to have a second kid. You're yeah. you're running fine on the time now. It's okay, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> I have it all saved, so I don't I don't need to then go and redo that type of research. And it's just something I want that we should have a show and talk about, you know, top defenses and on why I think the 2000 Ravens are one of the most overrated teams because of who they played. And that's just my. You said they were the most overrated or underrated. Overrated teams. Well, okay, let's look at 2000. In 2000, the Steelers still had Ben Roethlisberger, I'm pretty sure. No, they had uh no, no, Kent Graham. Kent Graham. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yes, that was that was a shitty year. The Bengals had Scott Mitchell as the starting quarterback. The now they now they did play Mark Brunel twice. He they gave up four, I think, 400 yards the first game, and then something else they. Um, they played the second game against Jacksonville. Brunel got knocked out. They played Jamie Martin. Uh, they played McNair twice, so or three times. So I'll give him a little bit on there. McNair was a very talented quarterback. McNair was a very talented quarterback they, back they, in the day. They, they did play Tim Couch and Doug Peterson. Uh, uh, okay, there you go. Yeah, and in the playoff games, they got a, really lucky in the players that they placed because pl- the teams they played in the first game they played. The Denver Broncos, where the quarterback got knocked out, and they were playing Janarius Jackson from Notre Dame. Um, and so then you're they, saying what, you, played, what you're doing right now? They played Bobby Hoying, by the way, in the championship yeah. game. What you're doing right now is you're sitting here saying that the Philadelphia Eagles defense is of the same level and variety. Um, yeah, because they've not played anybody lately. No, Eagles defense right now. <laughs> yeah. No. No. First of all, I don't I don't say clickbait bullshit like that, and I won't. <laughs> that's what this because, show is all about. No, that's absolutely no, no, it's not. You're that is, with it. no, it's not. That, no, it's not. No, the Eagles defense is nowhere near that, and will never be near that. No, this, in this season, so I'm gonna say no. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna say no. 
I'm going to say, no. say no. Yeah, I mean, a, a great, Johnny's saying that Steve McNair was definitely underrated. Um, Adam has a McNair jersey. That's a guy who, he's not a Hall of Famer, right? No, he is not. He's not in the Hall of Fame currently, right? I think there's a reason why McNair is not in it. And I think it's got something to do with the way that he was, um, the way that he perished. And I, I think that's kind of like a, a black eye kind of. Well, you look at his career, three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he was an MVP, uh, 31,000 yards, 174 touchdowns, 119 interceptions. I think you lump him in the same kind of class as kind of McNabb. They're just, they're very, very talented. They're just not at that pinnacle with the quarterbacks that played in the years that they played. I think that's kind of where you're going to see it because they're going to be compared to those guys and their numbers just aren't. Because what they do, they relied on the run game. See, McNair had Eddie George, one of the best running backs. Well, what do you suppose he do? <laughs> wow. Wow. Come on. That's man. the statement right there, though. That's dirty. That's like the Marshawn Lynch thing. That's really messed up. But that's – you know what, though? He makes a great point. He does. We I talk about how right. championships all the time, right? We've we've done an entire show about Donovan McNabb and about Hall of Famer. We haven't even mentioned Donovan McNabb once. Is Donovan McNabb a Hall of Famer? I think he has to be, man. I point, think he has to be a Hall of Famer. If he I mean, would have won a Super Bowl, he it's, goes he's a first ballot. He goes in. The, I wouldn't say first ballot, but he goes in the same category as Eli Manning because everyone's going to say Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, which I don't think he is. I do not yes, think Eli he won Manning's two a Super Hall Bowls, of Famer. but. In my opinion, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yes, he won two Super Bowls, but again, Super Bowls will lift up your campaign. And sure. that's just how it is. I mean, yeah. it's almost like saying that we had this talked about the GOAT talk on our on our network about you know LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And the biggest slight is the championships. Like when you're trying to decide who's better, that is a tiebreaker. Championships happen to be a tie. So if you got yeah. If you got Eli Manning and let's say you got a Donovan McNabb, you're going to probably go with Eli Manning over Donovan McNabb. Yeah, the resume it. says that Eli Manning's got the better resume. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that means and by the way, Adam, Tony Romo is not a Hall of Famer. Tony Romo is trash can juice with a straw. No, Tony, Tony Romo's – his numbers weren't even that great. Like, stop it. He will be a Hall of Fame commentator, though, more than likely, because he does I, know I, I would agree. I, I enjoy listening to him, but – yeah. All right. The other reason why I brought you on, Johnny, is because I know you, sir, have a passion for some college football. I know Adam Mack Mack has been waiting for this. Let's go. We're going to talk about some college football. Man, where's he going? Wait a minute. Sorry. Sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a second. Oh, sorry. Sorry. sorry, Go. I need to do this. I've been waiting all day. Three slaps. On the ass cheeks. Let's go. I was going to say something else, but I'm not going to get into that slippery slope, and I'm not going there. Okay. No. Nope, don't do it. Um. All right. I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time watching the college football semifinal games this week. I thought you were going to say you spent a lot of sla- a lot of time smacking someone's ass. I don't know. You. Were- I had. I did not. <laughs> We got to get you ready for the games, man. It's a little. little yes. Here is what really bugs me. Oh, here we go. These games were not even close. I told you that. These games were not even close. And you look at a team like Notre Dame, who's like, oh, well, he was the one. 
Notre Dame wasn't even like these, whatever's happened in college football, the tiers are so different. It is ridiculous. Right. And I'm looking, here's a stat for you, right. Out of the last six, out of the 16 college football playoff semifinal games that have been played to this time. So out of the history of the college football semifinals, say Adam, here it comes. Ready? Out of the 16 college football playoff semifinal games that have been played, only three have not had a point differential of less than 10 points. Why is that? What is that statistic? Can I tell you? Go. go. Take your time. Do you think? You know I'm a college guy. I know you are. Last week that these games are going to be trash. This is why you don't need to extend the playoffs because the first four can't compete with the – why would you throw eight in it? It makes no sense. You're wasting everyone's time. Like, you're wasting everybody's time for this college football game. I watched my team. I'm a Clemson fan, and I watched our team dog walk Notre Dame two or three times in the college football playoff. Ohio State a couple times, too. It's you, just when – go ahead. No, do you know why they're going to probably extend it to eight games or eight teams in the playoff? It all has to – bitching and crying. And they it, all has to do, it all has to do with the opting out. If, if a team is in the playoff – Less players are going to opt out. I'm telling you right now, that's going to be – they're not going to say that's the reason, but I think that's going to be the reason why you're going to see eight teams in the college football playoff. And I get that, Johnny. My problem with that is the teams that are in the playoff aren't opting out, and they're still getting their ass whooped. Oh, no, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And you look at the best teams in college football. If you look at the best teams, you know, Alabama, Alabama – and, the, and the, the funny thing is – Alabama's talent-wise, they're kind of on a down year if you really think of it. Uh, mm-hmm. They have they have they have really good. They still have good players, but they're a down year. And Georgia, it's funny because Georgia has so much talent. You know, I don't think Stetson Bennett is really anything to ride home about. If they don't have a run game, if they don't run the ball well, they're not going to do well because he's not going to throw you to a victory, in my opinion. So, so here here's my problem with this. It has very little to do with I, – I agree with, with what Adam says here, that every year there is clearly two top teams, mm-hmm. right? I agree with that. My issue is, is that they are both from the same conference. And we are now getting this game in the national championship again. What do you guys think happened for like three years in a row, or four years in a row when you had Clemson playing Alabama? That doesn't make them not the best teams because you don't want to see it. They're still the best teams. But these two teams already played. These two teams already played this season. We already know the outcome of this. And in a world – No, you don't. We do. Yes, you do. Because Alabama already beat the pants off Georgia. We don't need to see this again this season. So when Georgia beats Alabama and takes a national championship, then what are we going to say? Because Georgia's the better football team. That one of those two teams shouldn't be in this game. Do away with, and I know they're basically doing this, do away with conferences entirely then. You can't. Why not? Because, because for, okay, TV this contracts is Contracts and money and all that. Exactly. Stuff. For one, let's say you send Michigan down to play Clemson. Okay. You send, Mich- you send Michigan down to play Clemson and Clemson dog walks. Them. Because for whatever reason, the Big Ten has a problem beating some ACC schools. It's just the Big Ten has a problem beating a lot of teams. So like that was an embarrassment of a Penn State game. So when you 
So when you look at these teams play, you also got to look at that's where football is the best that is in the Southeast. We just we sure. just treat it differently. Like football is king down there. And it's been that way for quite so some time. So then do away with conferences. Because you're telling me that in the NFL, right? You're telling me in the NFL that right now, because no team in the AFC has really solidified themselves as the top team, right? The Bengals are in the running for the number one seed. The Titans are in the running for the number one seed. Whatever. So you're telling me right now that the NFC championship should be between the Cowboys and the Packers, and then the Super Bowl should be between the Cowboys and the Packers. You only have 32 teams. You have thousands, I mean, hundreds of Division I teams. So do away with conferences. Because you can't have you can't have the SEC championship on December fourth, and then a month later, these same two teams going against and expecting a hugely different result. Or because Adam, I know the point that you're saying here, right? The LSU Bama a few years ago in LSU round one. I, I get it. I totally get it. If you in college football, because you play so few games, and each of the games is hyped up as much as they are, you cannot then do round two in the same. It's not worth. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's worth it to the Georgia players. They want it. They want round sure, two. Great. Alabama. Great for Georgia and great for Alabama. You, you're not going to hear these guys making the argument because they're in that top conference. So they're, they're already who, in that top conference. So the rest of the country. So who's, who's gets going to, in? The rest of the country basically just says, we only care about Alabama so, and Georgia, this little area in the South. So let me, let's, let's, point it this way so georgia was undefeated when they played alabama right and then and then georgia loses so they have one loss so then you're telling me because they have one loss they should be bounced out and then a team should have to notre dame should get their their spot notre dame should get their spot what i am saying oh god is that it doesn't make sense to have the same two teams running into each other head on multiple times you know, in the same sense. season. It just doesn't. You know what else doesn't make sense? Oh, get him. Get him. Get him. No. It, what <clears> doesn't <throat> make sense no. <laughs> is having a jacket and not having any sleeves. Um, this is a vest. <laughs> get him. Sir. Listen, because my chest is cold, but my Sorry, arms you, are fine. <laughs> you, you threw it up, and then I dunked it. But um, no, I, like, I, 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 I understand that. But my feeling is, look at the way the transfer portal is going now. This is another thing that we can kind of get into. If you look mm-hmm. at the transfer portal, because it's basically free agency now. And then teams are – It is. The whole, the whole NIL and all this kind of um, – all this stuff. Like I, I follow a Penn State board, and it's kind of funny because – you know, people start crying and stamp. It's almost like the old man get off my lawn type of thing. It's just like get off my is, lawn. <laughs> it's it's a whole different. This isn't college football back in the mid mid to late nineties where you had to you know give the guy a a, a pillowcase oh, with some money in it. You know stuff like and that. And you like, even in the transfer portal now have like are they make they're not making guys sit out a year anymore? Are they right now? They're not unless you're see the the old way it was before the COVID and everything like that was. If you were a graduate transfer and had one more year left, you didn't have to sit out a year. So if you graduated and you were a graduate transfer, you went you to the next school right and you away. played. You play right away. But if you had right. more years of eligibility, you had to sit out one year. Unless you were, I think, transferring to a lower level. So if you were transferred to a Villanova or a North Dakota State or a team just below where you were, you did not have to sit out a year. But right now, that's kind of not 
basically it's it doesn't exist anymore right now. And that's why you're real, seeing a lot of high profile guys transfer. Real quick, Johnny, I want to throw it in, in it in this. Chip has the argument that they've been having for the longest time. Is it mm -hmm. most deserving or is it the two best teams? Because those two things are not all inclusive. Sometimes They're not. The You're 100% right. The, the most deserving team may be North Dakota State, and they haven't played Alabama. But yeah. I don't want to see North Dakota State get their ass rump wrangled for four quarters by Alabama and watch a game that's 70 to 1. I don't care if I see Georgia twice in the year if I see two epic games like I saw the first time. Like, they might have beat them, but this time I bet you, I can guarantee you, Georgia will put their best foot forward. And that's when you get to see – and grudge matches are always good to watch because it could go either way. I think another thing I like about this is you're seeing so many NFL prospects. You look on Georgia's side with Jordan Davis, and you have you know, guys like Darion Kendrick, and you have guys like Kobe, Kobe Dean. Dean. It, you know, these type of players. And then on the other side, Jamison Williams and you know, future NFL players, not this year, but next year, you know, Will Anderson and Bryce Young. And then you have other guys that are, you know, you're watching. You're basically watching the senior bowl before the senior bowl. If you look at some of this, some of these prospects. And to me, I think that's fun to watch as well. I understand people get upset because oh, it's, I just saw these teams, but these are the two best teams. And most people didn't even watch the conference championship because they already knew it was coming. Like if you watch enough college football, you know, what's coming. you knew it was we coming. Sure. You all know, like we already kind of watched, we watched selection Sunday. We knew, oh, well, if this person beats this person, we already know who's in. So we just kind of watched them, and that's why they didn't put it where they was going to put it, which is Alabama one, Georgia two, or Alabama one and or Alabama one, Georgia four. So they would play right away. They knew that was the championship game. These people aren't. Of dumb. course, but and that, man, that's the thing. And you and I had this conversation of a team like Cincinnati who deserved to at least take a shot. They did Cincinnati not having nobody, nobody had beaten them. They deserved at least a chance. Chill. I will say that. Cincinnati, no, Cincinnati, unfortunately, they're, you know, they have elite corners with Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner. Absolutely top tier talent there. But right away, you, they line up. You, you saw see, it for you sure. See, you see three D linemen and three linebackers. And I, I knew right away, it's just like, they're going to be able to run the ball. But this is my point. Cincinnati showed up a hell of a lot more than Michigan did. I need to throw this out there for you. And this is Chip. This is going to hurt your feelings, and I want you to hear it. Go ahead. When you throw teams like Cincinnati, Memphis, uh, these smaller teams in there, mm -hmm. this is going to continue to happen. This is not March Madness. Oh, I was stoked the one year that Hawaii got to play in a big bowl game, and they got their asses handed to them by Georgia. And that's what people don't want to see, Chip. And I think that's what – I know what you're saying. People mm -hmm. are trying to people are trying to get the Boise State game. You cannot that's get that every happened. single year. That is never going to happen. And these guys right. are running around and say they win these – like UCF saying they're the national champions of whatever year. They couldn't have beat any one of those four teams that were in there that year because of the simple fact that when you line up A through Z, you got your Alabamas. Now I guess you can start to say Clemson and Georgia and – Whoever else you want to – Ohio State, whoever you want to put in there, they just can't compete. Look at the way when they line up. You can see the fear on these guys' eyes. Like, could you imagine trying to block Jordan Davis? That is a yeah. mountain of a man. There's no offensive scheme that's going to take him out of the game. But you also need the David and Goliath story, and you have to let – that. again, a team 
that has done everything right, that has done everything right. Mind you, they didn't play anybody, but that has done everything right. You gotta at least give them a chance. People you gotta at least give them out. a chance. Like I'm not giving out consolidation. I'm not giving out consolation prizes. I hate that. But if they get that chance and then they win, it's not a consolation. It was that they deserve to be there. But you're also looking at the aspects of a UCF or I am know, looking at UCF. You know, the West is the Michigan only undefeated and, team who is an only undefeated team in an entire season, but they weren't even given a chance to play. Is okay. How about this chip? I'm gonna throw it out there like this for you. Do you think? Because North Dakota State wins the Division One Double A championship. No, that's Very different. Awesome. They're not playing with the big boys. Cincinnati isn't really playing with the big boys either. They beat Notre Dame. Everybody beats Notre Dame. Everybody beats Notre Dame in a bowl game. In a bowl game. No, we but Notre play Dame plays. Either. Notre Dame plays the USC's during the. Ra- I mean, like Notre Dame plays USC, some teams. USC hasn't been anything since They're since Matt Leinart and Pete. I'm Carroll. not saying right now. So then they got to fix, and this is my point, the problem with college football, they got to fix the way they do the regular season then. They got to fix the way they do the regular season so that each of these teams, the schedules are balanced a little do, more. Do you know what, what else they need to fix? And I'll look at the Big Ten. The East and West division, the divisions they so, have in the Big Ten are, are unbalanced as all get out. Absolutely unbalanced because wouldn't you want to see a Big Ten championship game where it winds up being – Penn State, Ohio State, or Penn State, Michigan, or Michigan, Ohio State. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see, you know, Ohio State going to play Iowa, Wisconsin. And like, I don't want to see that because all those teams don't show up. They don't show up because Iowa is a fraud of a, you know, college program. Yeah, yes, they're sir. good when they're playing the, you know, the ass college programs of Illinois and Nebraska and Northwestern. It seemed to be Penn State that was allowed to play in a bowl game on January 1st. Listen, okay, let me throw this out there. And I didn't see to throw this out there. I could be I agree with I agree. I agree with Chip and I agree with Johnny both. I agree they have both have points. My only point with that is they should look at the conference. Because Mm -hmm. the only problem with the SEC is the SEC is so strong because I've already said before Football is king down there. Like you, it's right. just no way of getting around it. Like if you look at all the pros, they're all coming from that area. I mean, you look at the pros that are in right now; they're coming out of Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. Uh, but who's going to be the defensive player of the year? Where did he come from? In the oh, the, oh, the, about, de- uh, the defensive rookie of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll give you him. We'll give you him. I mean, that's that's without question. Mika One Parsons. good player came out of Penn State, and then they Pat, re-upped the coach. Hey, 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 Pat uh, Fryermuth, Owa. Come on, I, more than that. Stop it. All right, I it. know. But and no, I, Hamlin, I know exactly what he's saying. And, and Hamlin is going to be the man, too, like when he comes out. KJ, is that his name? KJ? KJ Hamler. He's already on the Broncos. Dotson. Dotson. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dotson, Dotson is the new guy. From <clears throat> Nazareth. Yeah, so my thing with these guys is they play a different brand of football up north. And they beat each other up all year. So mm-hmm. that's why when you get to when you get to December, November, they're all banged up from playing in the snow and and hitting each other in the winter and half the team's out. And then by the time you run into Ohio State, they got 150 people on the team. So they got guys that they've been reserving all year. So they run yeah. down to they, they run down south and they play Alabama, who's been playing in the warm all year. They don't have to play bowl games in the cold. They play those games in destinations like California or wherever. You're going to get those teams. But when you're playing against teams that are banged up normally and generally and they're playing better comp- competition every year, 
they're going to the step the level's going to be a little higher. Clemson is one of the only teams that I would say that they've had dominance in the conference just fucking stink. Like they just happen to they just happen to be the best in their conference and they get by every year. I I had this conversation with a guy at work though too cuz he he's Clemson everything and you know, I talked to him about it and it's just yeah, what you're saying is absolutely right. And but the brand of football down there, that, that's why you don't see you ever notice with USC and Notre Dame? Just mm-hmm. just look over, look at the history. You can go go back the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame always plays USC late in the year when it's Southern California. Never when it's in Notre Dame. Why is that? They want to play in the cold, cold in, in, in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, in late November. So uh, it's why you and, don't And again, I, I understand that totally. I don't have an issue with it. I, I know it's the two best teams. I know it's the two best teams. And I know it's going to be a really good game. And I know that Nick Saban is not going to let his team lose to Georgia. But it will happen. I, I'm aware of that. He may not have a choice, though. But you've got to do something to fix the regular season of play so that by the time it gets to playoffs, it is not just the SEC championship part two. It hasn't been SEC championship part two the last couple of years. You're just looking at it from this year because it's last year. But in the past years, it's been other teams. Oklahoma's been in the playoff. They just haven't been able to win. Like, Georgia's been in the playoff. Oklahoma's been too. I mean, they they have good offense. They've had potent offenses. Notre Dame has been in there. Uh, you said Hawaii. They were in there at the beginning. The Ohio State. Hawaii big- had no business being in there, except they were undefeated. So I'm okay with them getting the chance. But Georgia beat the pants off of them to prove that they didn't belong there. Oregon has been there before. Like you know, these teams. I don't there. think that there should be two teams from the same conference in the Final Four. There's no po- possible way you can stop that from happening. You can't. Especially when it goes. To, especially when it goes to eight. Yes, exactly. You can. You might get three you or get, four. You get the conference. The conferences are so important. Then you get the conference champions from each division, whatever so, the conference. I'm tired of this regular season champion versus not the conference champion from each of the major. However, you're going to have six or seven divisions by the time this is all done. And you rank them accordingly. So the SEC champion is the number one seed. And the Mac 10 or whatever it is these days. Why would they be the number one? Why would they be number one? Because the SEC is the best division in college football. But you said they go away with divisions. No, no, no. I'm saying because you just said they can't go away with divisions. So you said it's okay. impossible. I said, okay, so keep it. Go to a bracket system. Go to what college basketball does. You can't do that. Can't do that. But what about this? You you talk about conference champions have to win. So you have Alabama. You have mm-hmm. Georgia. Soon you're going to have Oklahoma in the SEC. And then you have all right. these teams and all these divisions. So teams are taking it upon themselves to fix the problem. They're just saying we're going to flood the SEC. Or the the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12. Right. Coalition. So they're becoming these super conferences because college football won't fix the problem. So instead the schools are going, fine, the only way we're going to get a chance is if we just join up with the super conference and that will bump up our strength of schedule right away because they're willing to put two teams from the same conference in the final four. Schools are fixing college football rather than college football fixing themselves. 
that won't fix the issue, Chip, because they, they still have to play a, a conference schedule. Like, that's not going to fix it. Because even if out of conference they play, let's say Ohio State and, and Clemson play, that might fix that issue, but you still got Michigan. And then you still got whoever the other mm-hmm. on the other side. Like, let's say Miami or Florida State comes back strong again at some point. Like, you still – there's just no continuity in the conferences because the, the elite teams are just that much better because of recruiting. I, right. So now you got – you send some guys out to USC – to California to try to fix that issue. So Lincoln Riley's at USC. He's trash. That's not going to work. You're going to send, you got Chip Kelly at UCLA. That's not going to work. Mario Cristobal mm-hmm. just left Oregon. That's not going to work. So you got all these right. rebuilding teams and it's a revolving door. The only continuity in this college football has been Nick Saban, has been the SEC teams because those guys don't leave. They get down there and they build empires. That's what happens. So yeah. Adabo won't leave. Yeah. Right. And, that, and that's why, you know, Jane Franklin won't leave. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, the fact the fact that James Franklin got re-upped and then put together that dog poopy performance was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know what? But you know, I, I'm I'm past that point. I will accept it because I won't. Harbaugh's still out there. You know, yeah, there's Harbaugh <laughs> too. But again, because if you look, just look at James Franklin. How many assistants does he get? Head coach jobs. Yeah. I, I mean, all right, final thing, final thing I want to do tonight, and I didn't tell JD about this, so you guys are all going to see it for the first time, is I saw this on Brody Media's thing on New Year's, right? And he put together six house parties, six New Year's Eve house parties on Philadelphia athletes and coaches. Okay. You got to tell me which house party you're going to. Hmm. So for those of you taking the audio listening while the guys look it over, party one is Joel Embiid, Devontae Smith, Alec Bohm, Joel Farabee, and Nick Sirianni. Party two is Jalen Hurts, Matisse Thibel, Zach Wheeler, Sean Couturier, and Joe Girardi. Party three is Bryce Harper, Gardner Minshew, Tobias Harris, Ivan Provorov, and Mike Yow. Party four is Claude Giroux, Dallas Goddard, Didi Gregorius, Tyrese Maxey, and Doc Rivers. Party five is Darius Slay, Miles Sanders, Andre Drummond, JT Realmuto, and Reese Hoskins. And party six is Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Aaron Nola, Cam Atkinson, and Travis Konechny. Oh, that's an easy one for me. All right, well, then you go first, sir. Easy. I'm going to go with a party of five. (laughs) (laughs) You got big play Slay. Miles Sanders Mm -hmm. is probably going to be somewhere hobbling around on crutches because that's what he does best. (laughs) Uh, Andre Drummond is probably going to start a fight. JT Ramuto will probably get bring all the girls. So we'll definitely have girls there. And Reese Hoskins is just the blonde guy. Like, we're good. I'm gonna be in there chilling. And you'll be hanging out with Matt, who's also gonna be partying in the party of five. Yep. Uh Johnny, which which party are you attending? I'll tell you what the most boring party is probably gonna be. Two. Yeah, um, which yeah. easily. It's probably gonna be two because Jalen Hurts is gonna leave to go study film. He doesn't care about partying. <laughs> Marquis uh, Apple is gonna be so boring. I can only imagine him saying nothing. Yeah, uh, Zach Wheeler, uh, you know, and then Girardi, they won't say anything, and Kateria will just smile with no teeth. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I like would a, not a be attending party two. It's like um, a Golden Girls mixer. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Betty White. Betty. Um, party I probably would say I like six. I don't know Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and you know Cam Atkinson's a little bit of you know a social media guy like you know goofiness basically that table would be and i kind of like that 
So you're also going to be hanging out with Adam Mack because, again, I, I agree, Party Six, the idea of having a beer or many, many beers with Jason Kelsey is what does it for me. Um, I do not want to hang out with Aaron Nola. I, I do not want to hang out with Aaron Nola. So for me, that's – each of Actually, these parties has, has a party know, dud. You know what would be great, though? To have Aaron Nola, you you know what was, what was that? Uh, what was the the game where you stand up against the wall and the person whips the ball at your ass? Oh damn, I can't think of the name. Of oh, that. um, wall ball. Whatever it it's is. wall ball, but when you get out three times, you get pegged in the ass. I think that Aaron Nola should peg you in the ass with a ball. See, that'd make it fun. See, that's why Party Six would be awesome. He probably yeah, because Aaron Nola would miss. He probably couldn't hit you. So, yeah, when you would throw a change up. I'll be fine. Um, oh, God. <laughs> look at my curveball, and it would be in January, and he's a California boy, so I'm fine there. No, I would not attend party number six. Um, I let me rephrase that I would attend party six as long as I can immediately bounce Aaron Nola out. But for me, it's really tough because there's individual guys that I would definitely want to hang like I would want to hang out with Joel Embiid, I would want to hang out with Bryce Harper and Gardner Minshew, but I wouldn't want to hang out. I'm gonna go to party three. Um, and me and Adam are going to hang out at party three simply because hanging out with Bryce Harper and you know, Gardner Minshew is wild at a party, but it's chess. and everybody's taco dip. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Little meat taco action. I don't know. I just figured that'd be something, something fun that we could do to wrap up the show. Um, gentlemen, we got into it tonight. Everybody's still cool. Everybody all still friends. Oh yeah. We're definitely friends. We just know that you don't know college football. So I'm good. Ah, it's a shot. I took a shot. I took a shot. I took a shot. Wow. If, if 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 we're comparing his knowledge of college football to his knowledge of style, it kind of would you know coincide with each other. You mother. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure that Nick Chubb doesn't play anymore tonight, and Chris Boswell doesn't kick any more goddamn field goals because I need to win in my fantasy league. Well, I just will let you guys know this is uh, Big Ben's final farewell tour. So, uh, well, Antonio Brown doesn't think so, and that's where we can wrap it up. Yeah, uh, no more Antonio Brown, sir. The links to all of our great sponsors are in the bio. Tomorrow is Burning Bridges. Wednesday is the All About the Birds weekly report. Adam, I agree. Um, <laughs> Saturday night is the Eagles game. I don't know what that does to our network. Uh, I do not believe we are going to be at the West End this weekend because doing a preview show in a restaurant at 7 o'clock on a Saturday night does not seem like the most intelligent idea. Um, but we're going to talk playoffs once that rolls around. Playoffs. JD, what you got on the D-Drippy network? Man, I am going to be shutting it down, I think, for a little bit. I'm just, I'm lying. I'm, I'm kidding. We're, just, <laughs> we're starting it back up. We got everything coming back this week. Uh, Prince is bringing Black and Blue Live, so that's going to be a, a pretty interesting show to bring over. And uh, we'll be doing some live interviews at Saturday's game and talking to people, finding out how it's like, what's it like to go to a game on Saturday night, knowing that you've already got everything clinched and get people's predictions on who they play and hear, like, see some live action Minshew magic. See how many stashes we get out there. Does that mean I have to go back to the stash for the week? Dude, do you ever cut that thing in your face again? I'm out. <laughs> no, what you should do is grow your hair long and then cut a mullet in your head. Yeah, my hair is very long right now. I gotta, I gotta be honest, gents. My hair is longer than it normally is. The video that you sent Johnny a couple minutes ago had me with some short hair. 
Um, but all right, gentlemen, it's been real. It's been fun. I won't know if it's been real fun yet, but I'll see you guys all on the flippity flip manscape.com. Your balls. Well, thank you. Bye.